Hi, good evening. My name is Jay Rothman. I am the host of the show. Welcome to Real Men, Real Talk, live. Welcome back to the studio. Again, my name is Jay. I'm the host of the show. I am excited to introduce my co-host this evening, Josh Richard, coming in from Southern California. Welcome. Great to be we here. Have, we have Eveslove Heath, the man of the land from down under. He calls Australia home. And of course, Jeff Fasano coming in from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, gentlemen. So thank excited. You, thank you. Thank you. We're back again, brothers. We're, We're back, back again. Missed you guys. Episode 84 this evening. Uh, we took a rare rare week off last week. We had some conflicts in our schedule. But we are back this evening. And boy, did I miss spending time with you guys last week. Yeah. Mm, yeah, me too. So before we get into tonight's show, I want to take a moment here to actually welcome our viewers and listeners. If you should be new with us this evening to Real Men Real Talk Live, drop it down in the comments. Let us know where you call home. And let us know that you're joining us for the first time. Uh, if you should hear something that you like or love, we invite you to tap your love button on your monitor and light us up. And if you should have any questions or comments, uh, drop them down in the comment section. And we'll do our best to acknowledge as many of you as we can. I do want to do a quick shout out to Angela and Nicholas coming in from, I believe, the Chicago, Illinois area. Uh, who were in Sedona a couple of weeks ago. They joined us for a beautiful evening. They are joining us live tonight for their first uh, first uh, episode with us on YouTube. Welcome YouTube viewers, LinkedIn viewers, and Facebook viewers to Real Men Real Talk. Tonight's episode is, uh, is one of those episodes, one of those topics that is a bit unique and different for us. Uh, but I thought it was time that we that we uh, break it down. Tonight's episode is all about why do we love to live in labels? And Josh, since you're on the top rack of, uh, of the show this evening, at least in this moment, I want to invite you to warm us up and kick us off on all about labels. Why are we even going there? What do labels mean to you and how have labels impacted your own life, uh, your life experiences? Man, this is it's such a good one and such a great topic. And I'm so glad that we're here and doing it. And I can't wait to hear just to crack this thing open and dive in and see what's underneath all of this. Um, but labels for me mean a lot. Um, I know we all have our unique stories and you'll get to hear each of them. And uh, I'll share a quick one. Um, in third grade, I was diagnosed with ADD. And so for me at that age, um, you know, I was doing poorly in school. Uh, my mom took me to a doctor, some, you know, official person told me that I had X, Y, Z, and I needed to take a pill to be like the other kids. And in my young mind, I took that as I'm stupid. Um, so that label of ADD meant that I was less than others. Um, I wasn't uh, smart. And I bought into that as a belief um, hook, line, and sinker. 
and I wasn't old enough to challenge that. Um, I didn't understand it enough to even be able to comprehend um, what that label or that story that was being put upon me meant. Um, and so it became the walls that I lived within for the next 20 years. Um, I wouldn't allow myself to dream very big. I wouldn't, uh, I couldn't go after the things that I really wanted to because I didn't think I was smart enough um, to be in TV or be in movies. I thought small. Uh, it absolutely um, affected who I thought I could date um, and everything in my life. Everything was affected by this story and its fallout was massive. And I wasn't allowing myself to discover who I actually was. This label, this box, these walls were what I, I bought into and I lived within. And that held me back. And it wasn't until about my mid-20s, um, and that's a whole nother long story, but something challenged that belief. And there was a very, very small nugget uh, one day where I, I said, am I smart? And that would grow over the next months and years. And I was finally able to challenge uh, that box, that label, that story of being stupid. And I was finally able to dream and to go after what I wanted and to think, yes, I can, instead of, no, I can't because I'm stupid. And that, yes, I can, has led to an amazingly wonderful, fulfilling, and incredible life where I've done so much that I never, in my late teens and early 20s, thought I could have ever done. Mm. And that's pretty sad mm. um, when you think about the power of that label. So starting out heavy and deep i guess <laughs> hey josh i want to here we go uh, josh i want to invite you just to take a moment here just to take a nice deep breath mm. uh, because i i actually felt some energy coming up mm -hmm. for you mm. i actually saw that, that that young josh in this moment and i felt your pain man i really did mm -hmm. the stuff i wouldn't have done if mm -hmm. i continue to believe that Stories and labels are powerful. I'm, I'm curious, Josh, how, how have you been able to um, heal the wounds around, around that as, as the adult that you are today? What, what have you, where are you in that process and how have you been able to, let's say, dissolve them or, or come to terms with it? Um, I guess I don't know if I ever, I ever dissolved it as you could probably sense there's still some emotional charge behind it because yeah, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a big deal. When I think of all the things I've done the last 20 years that I never would have done, um, that's really sad. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think I just turn my efforts and energy into gratitude and I live every day very grateful for the things that I um, have, I've done, I've been able to achieve and um, being able to have the courage to keep pushing those boundaries and keep discovering who I am 
and keep mm. pushing the the edges of new boxes out further and mm. in an effort to just see what else mm. is there that I possibly don't know? Who mm. else can I be that I possibly am mm. not today? Mm. And so to me, it's freedom. Mm. It's mm. ultimate freedom. Mm. There you go. Mm. Mm. Beautiful, brother. Yeah, man, I, I, I just want to honor you, my brother. I, I love you, Josh, man. It's, it's just le that you <laughs> Thanks, can open man. up um, about those beautiful emotions. Um, it's something that I was helping, you know, just young kids open up through the past week uh, with some of the healing and leadership workshop that I was doing on country. And, you know, you, you mentioned one of those big uh, emotions that's really, it doesn't move the waters of our creative spark, and that's shame. You know, we, we fall into yeah. that guilt and shame. And I, I tried to explain to those kids the difference of that. And, you know, when we think of that guilt, it's generally for something we've done within our life. Mm. We think of, you know, the shame. It's generally yeah. an emotion that we start to feel for being ourselves, just who we are. Mm -hmm. So if we take on that shame, that uh, uh, word of so-called stupid, it only has to be reinforced by just hearing it. And then we could be hearing that in the playground. We could hear it from parents. We could hear it from teachers, wherever it may be. And that gets imprinted into the subconscious mind. And before too long, these particular things become belief systems, brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. the be lie systems, the BS in our lives that then really take on our choices and our decisions that make the very fabric of our own lives. Mm -hmm. So I really honor, man, your story and how far you've come. And, you know, you hit it on the head where the personal freedom comes into that is really through self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of work in our self-development, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. may not come, you know, straight away like the brothers mentioned in, until he, you know, his early sort of teens and 20s. Mm. where you're able to start freeing yourself from that bondage, that prison, mm -hmm. to experience the prism of that mm -hmm. free mental space. Mm -hmm. Now, for my personal journey, I'll quickly just share a little bit about my background experience in those first labels. I remember at school, I had to write down my nationality, whether I was Aboriginal or not. Mm. I couldn't understand why all these kids, other kids around me, they didn't have to answer whether they were non-Indigenous but I had to put myself into a little square box to say whether I was an original person or not. Mm. And so these things get embedded into us. Mm. And to me, it really creates a separation, not only from the outside world, but most importantly, and unfortunately, a disconnection from ourselves. Mm -hmm. So then we start to box our own lives on what we can and what we can't do within our lives. You know, these labels can really play out in so many different ways. And, you know, whether it was from race, whether it was from the group or your belief systems that you follow, whether it was from your groups or your grades at school, whatever it may be, they really can inform our foundation within our life. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. You know, I want to I take a moment here, um, again, to welcome... Our viewers coming in from all three platforms this evening, and especially to our, our new viewers that are joining us perhaps for the first time, uh, Real Men, Real Talk 
Live is a podcast where we show up, we speak our truths. Sometimes they carry pain with them. Sometimes they carry tremendous gratitude. Mm. But, but ultimately, what we are about is, as men, we're here to say the things and share the things that many of us haven't had the courage to speak, mm. but need to be spoken, because this is how we free ourselves mm. from our secrets. You see, mm. we are only as sick as our secrets. And mm. so this is how we get to show up, grow up, and cleanse ourselves of the stories and labels that no longer serve us. Mm -hmm. um, I want to take a moment here to honor both Evis and Josh for speaking their truth and sharing a little bit about their backstory and how you have both had to navigate through your lifetime some labels that were assigned and given to you. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Fasano, you're up, my friend. It's time for you to drop a truth bomb. What was yeah. the labels that that stuck to you at the cellular level and how has it impacted your adult life? You know, when we went to the, through the production meeting to um, looking for a topic for tonight, we came up with this. Um, I never, I can't believe the, pro, the, the processing that I'm doing right now uh, that's coming up for me. Um, in our, in our, before we, in the green room, before this, Jay brought up something and it really struck me how, uh, when I was a little kid, I, and I've shared this on, on this show, uh, a few times I, you know, I was overweight, let's put it that way. So like around seven or eight years old, um, I was labeled the fat kid and I was always the fat kid. And then when I played baseball or little league baseball, uh, I pitched and I was called the fat lefty and I would hear all of this. And, 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 it, and when Jay brought this up in the green room, green room tonight, it all started coming back to me. And as Josh was just mm. was speaking and, and Evis was just speaking, I was just thinking about how deeply those labels and even my mother speaking on the telephone. Oh, I have to shop for Jeff in the Husky section because he can't wear regular clothes and hearing all of these labels. I was the fat kid. I was the fat mm. kid. And how that affected me as I grew up and went through high school and how it, like Eva said, hit my subconscious so deeply. I remember now as I'm sitting here that I totally forgot about how I went the complete other way. I would eat one meal a day. Mm. And I, when I was in college, I was so thin and, and I didn't even realize it until this moment in time that I went the complete opposite way. I starved myself because of that imprint that was still in me that I was the fat kid. And then when Josh earlier said how it affected um, dating and how it affected how I'd be liked and loved. And then when I get out of college, a bunch of years later, I started to get into bodybuilding big time all to compensate for that label that was in my subconscious and how I eventually came to the place of, I've got to learn how to love myself where I am, but man, guys, this is, as you guys were talking, all of this started to flash in, into my consciousness. And I didn't even realize what I was doing in college um, 
really, I was like, I probably weighed about 150 pounds when I was a senior in college. And, and really, and I didn't even realize it um, until a friend of mine later on pointed out what the heck's going on with you. You look sick. You're so, and then that's what I was doing. And then I went the other way. And it was amazing at the age of 27, then all through those 20 years of bodybuilding, how that label of the fat kid subconsciously stuck with me. And at times even sticks with me to this day, fortunately enough that I've gotten enough tools to realize it. Thank you guys. I mean, Jay, thank you for bringing this up in the green room because yeah. it's just feeling, man. Yeah. How do you feel right now, Jeff? Raw. <laughs> Emotional, yeah. Mm, yeah. really. Tell Beautiful. me, more. tell us more. What what is that? What what does raw mean? Um, uh, just a raw feeling of exposing all of that to myself, not to anyone out there, but how I how I how it affected me so deeply, and I didn't really know it until you know as I started working on myself you know, later on, but even the point of how really, I mean, I remember that and it just, um, I feel it's, it's, I feel great now that I have a, I ever said, I have a sense of myself more deeply that I'm not labeled as anything or anyone, or I'm just me, but man, damn, that, that really affected me so deeply in college and I didn't even, I was like going and getting a bowl of tomato soup with a side, a scoop of tuna fish. And that's what I would eat because I was the fat, I thought I was the fat kid. So in this moment, it it actually, although it it brings you back to those, those emotions that you, uh, that were attached to you at the cellular level. Yeah. I'm also hearing some gratitude coming forward from you, having the awareness of, of how it impacted you. But in this moment, knowing that at, at, at the age, the, the age that you are today, you no longer have to live in that anymore. Oh, no, I haven't lived in it a long time. Um, but it's, it's guys, I totally forgot about what I did when I was in college until right on this show, Tonight, as you guys were, were speaking, all of that mm-hmm. flashed in, in into me. And it was all because of that label when I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mary Kelly asked the question, how can we as adults get beyond this label to erase it from the subconscious? Josh, you're the brain guy in the room here. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take a stab at this? <laughs> How do well, we erase it from the subconscious? Can we erase it from the subconscious? Well, that's the hard thing is like friends, family, loved ones can tell us till we're blue in the face that this isn't true. But that's the hard that's the hard thing about the brain when we because we created the belief like Evis was talking about. Um, and when that belief takes hold, it's a very hard thing to get out. Um, and that 
you know, they, my mom and even the doctor told me that I was intelligent. I was smart. I actually did, but it just didn't, I didn't even hear it. I mean, it just, it just went past because I had locked into my story. And what happens is the, the brain likes to know, it doesn't do very well with unknowns. Um, it's a pattern recognition machine. So that's the, the problem with these label with these labels and feeling the need to label things is because the brain's just trying to place things into categories that it knows. And when you meet somebody that's like, uh, that's similar to another person, your brain will round up and put them in that box. Um, you know, Oh, so this person's like so-and-so and boom, you've put a label on somebody. And so it's tough. We're fighting a machine, uh, uh, an algorithmic algorithmic machine that's just trying to file things into places. And so it takes awareness and it takes us consciously ca catching those moments when we're tempted to file somebody away. Oh, they're like so-and-so. And now I'm going to dump all of that stuff onto that person that I, that I know. We got to catch that in the moment and say, this person's an individual. I, and, you know, thank you, brain, for trying to keep things organized and tidy, but I'm going to make my con own conclusions on this person and see them for who they are mm -hmm. and ourselves, too, which is super important uh, mm -hmm. in ourselves because mm -hmm. uh, it, the brain's trying to do the same for us. Who are we? Mm -hmm. What are we? What are we? You know, what are we? And and, and it's a scary that's, question to have no answer to. Yeah, exactly, brother. I think we'll finish that off uh, at the end of the show. But, you know, I um, always love piggybacking on what you're saying there about the brain, man, because when we get into this subconscious program, it, it really is an emotional area. It, it really can be persuaded through uh, the regulation, the maintenance of some of these emotions. Um, what I was doing with the kids, you know, uh, to help them with some of these deep emotions that may even be lying deep within their young lives. You know, these were only like 14, 15 year old kids to help them have better self-talk within their life. You know, we've talked about on this show after show and, you know, with that subconscious, we, we may need to have better self-talk through affirmations. We may need to do it through little mantras for ourselves, but it's through the repetition of some of these things yeah. that we believe that is going to really reprogram that subconscious mind. So that brain is just a receiver and transmitter of information. The ego will want to keep going into the past because that's yeah. all it knows. And it yeah. wants to keep you safe. That's why Jeff came on and he just said, oh, just reminded me when you guys were talking about that because the ego mind would have put it aside because of that emotional hurt, that emotional mm. pain. So we need to feel some of these good emotions. And that is the magic. We can transmute some of those feelings of guilt, shame, and blame within our lives to make them more fulfilling, to make them more exciting, a bit more joy, happiness within our life, to have more so not a fixed mindset, but more so a flexible peace of mind, which mm. allows you to have a growth mindset. Mm. Beautiful. I love, I love that. that. I want, to, I, I want to bring to the attention, Greg Battersby coming in from Seal Beach, California. Whoa. This evening, Greg Battersby. <laughs> Greg asks a really, I think, a, a brilliant question. <laughs> he says, what if it had been a positive label? It's, it, it's still a reduction of who you are? Mm. 
Hmm. Hmm. What do you think about that, Jay? <laughs> well, I, I, it, I think it's a good question. And I, and I think it just depends on how we receive that positive label. If it's going to the ego, it may serve us, it may not. If it's going to drop into our heart space or soul, as they say in a spiritual community, it may take on a whole different type of profound, uh, let's say, result. So, for example, let's let's go back to our younger years here, just just for shits and giggles. If you recall, the guy who was the uh, the quarterback on a high school football team. Yep, got him. Okay. He was terrible. Yeah, my high school football team. He was terrible. Okay. Well, well let's, let's assume that the, the quarterback um, actually had a really positive label. How many of those high school stars crashed and burned by the time they were 21 years old? Because was it truly who they were or how they showed up? And then with that inflated ego from, let's say, high school stardom. Now, I use an example of a quarterback. It, it could be the kid in, in choir. It could be the, the kid in, in dance. It could be the, the kid in any of the, the clubs in a high school setting or even at the university level. Mm-hmm. But how many of them peak before they be, even become a full adult, mature, mm. mature brain adult, which isn't until I, on average about 28 years of age. Mm. So mm. even in a positive, even in uh, a label that, that does not bring a, a negative energy, but a positive high vibe to it, it doesn't guarantee that it's going to, it's going to take you through your lifetime. A matter mm. of fact, it may actually be as counterproductive to you. Because if it's, again, if it's hitting you right here and it's inflating your ego, it may not serve you long term. Hmm. Is it more, I would love to ask him what he means by positive label, because we could look at it, if we were affirming that we are wonderful, that we are fantastic. And it's used as, as an affirmation as opposed to label. A label to me would be um, you're the best quarterback on the team. You're the best quarterback in the league. And you're fed that. Mm, that could be a label. But if you would, uh, um, another affirmation would be, oh, wow, you're, you're, you know, you're a fantastic athlete. And that's more of a positive affirmation as opposed to a label. So I think there's a difference between an affirmation, which all of us have those affirmations, because that's how we reprogram ourselves with positive affirmations that are not labels. So I would love to go back to him and say, you know, what, what would, what's an example of a positive label? Or do you mean a positive affirmation? And possibly how you're perceiving some of these things as well. It's all perception, mm-hmm. isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. Right. What story are you creating around it? Right. There you yeah. go. Well, just think about I, Josh, you know, when we were kids and, and the labels, what, when we were seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, the story that we created around mm-hmm. being labeled the fat kid, you know, that story that in, in, you know, I must not be lovable. I must not be this. And that's where I went. I must not be mm-hmm. lovable. I must not be good looking. I might not, I must not be mm-hmm. this. I must, must not be that because I've been labeled this fat kid that somehow there's something terrible about that or not normal about that. And even the label of normal, like what is that? And then all of a sudden you're trying to fit into some sort of normalcy because you've been labeled the fat kid. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you see how that, well, and- wow. And that's just, I mean, have you, you said it too, that it, Jeff, it was our perception, right? Yeah. We are, we're the meaning makers outside, outside stimulation, words, things, you know, light words are just sound light. Uh, you know, what we see is just light bouncing off of objects. We make all the meaning of all of that data coming in and we go. create those conclusions. Yep. So therefore, if we made the bad ones, can't we free ourselves? Right. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I want to share with you, gentlemen. I want to break it down from my perspective. Uh, it really wasn't until about two years ago or less that I had a suppressed memory come back to me from my childhood. Hmm. And um, hmm. I didn't realize how profound of an impact it had on every aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. And for me, it it was in second grade when that teacher told my mom that I was that little, that little son of yours, he's a very sensitive little boy. And my mom brought that home and shared, repeated that to me. And I still hear parents describe their children as being sensitive little kids. And it breaks my heart today for them because I, I, didn't, I didn't know how much it impacted me until I was deep into my healing journey. And what I've, what I've come to understand today is that as a, as a kid in second grade, I interpreted that that there was something wrong with me. I interpreted that as a boy, as a, as a young boy, I was not tough enough. And so around that age is when my ego was developed and my ego overcompensated because I didn't want to be known as that sensitive mm-hmm. boy. And so I overcorrected on that steering wheel. And I did everything I could do to become a toxic masculine Mm -hmm. teenager leading into my adulthood. Unknowingly, that was a strategy that my ego came up with. Mm -hmm. Very much almost unaware of that. 
And I just stayed with that because it, it was safe. And it wasn't until I did some great work to uncover what was behind some of my toxic masculinity in my, all of my relationships. And, and I begin, began to understand that what the teacher really was saying was that I was actually in touch with my emotions. Mm-hmm. And to me, my interpretation of that today, how I've changed my relationship with that statement that impacted my life for 54 years. Now let's take off maybe six or seven. I guess I think I was six or seven in a, in a second grade. But for all those years, I was fearful of sharing my emotions, of knowing when I could be safe to show my feminine divine, as opposed to my strong masculine energy within. And the beautiful thing about this journey about how we can heal as men and women, Gressy Johnson, because you asked what about us women, this is for you too, is we heal and we change our relationship with that story. And today I honor, I love that part of myself. I love, Mm -hmm. I love that I could feel what I'm feeling and I can express it to people that matter to me. And I'm at peace with that part of myself that is very much in touch with his emotions and can share them, can express them in a healthy, loving, kind way. I'm not talking about the emotions of anger or rage. I'm talking about the emotions of truth and honesty coming from heart and love. That, my friends, is freedom. That's how we change our relationship with a label that was assigned to us or a label that we inherited. And today I embrace that part of myself, but I don't refer to it. And I don't like to use the word sensitive because to me, sensitive tends to have a negative connotation around it. It's not that we're sensitive men or women. It's that we're in touch with our emotions and feelings and we can express them in a healthy way. Just think, Jay, how a, what just popped into my head was a young child like you, what the teacher said, he's sensitive. Your mother comes home with that and tells your father. And then all of a sudden, maybe dad has that toxic masculinity in him and then looks at the son who's seven or eight years old in a, in a way that he wants to toughen him up. Yeah, that was me. I got to toughen this kid up because he's, because somebody said he was sensitive. My son's not going to be sensitive. He's going to be a man. I'm going to toughen him up. That's see where it can go that way yeah. too. And, and then all and of a sudden, and Jeff, it's not only just for us men, it's, it's for women too. There's, Oh, definitely. There, there's millions and millions and millions of women that overcompensated for their feminine, uh, let's yep. say energy that, that people in their family 
didn't understand and didn't know how to embrace. And so they overcompensated by becoming more, more heavily and they're leaning into their own masculine energy within. And, and a lot of times it's about survival in your home. Um, and so if you are listening tonight and you are a man or a woman, I invite you to embrace the part of you that was once seen as less than. But understand that part of you is beautiful. That part of you is you. And as the adult, how we can change our relationship with that part of our younger self that at a time still questions or still has some residual attachment to the label, to let that younger self know that you are perfect. You are beautiful just as you are and honor that part of yourself. Embrace that part of yourself, Jeff Fasano. Mm -hmm. Love that part of yourself. Mm -hmm. What do you make of that, Ev? <laughs> oh man, it's all, it's all beautiful, isn't it? And it, 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 on a deeper level, I mean, it, it really has been an attack on the divine feminine energy for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when we get onto that more fifth dimensional level and while we're still heal healing, we're still purging so much emotional trauma, brothers and sisters, and you've only just got to look at the weather, you know, here in Australia, we've been hammered with rain next day. It's 30, 40 degrees Celsius over there across the pond. You've got tornadoes and everything else happening around us. So. The, the, the divine feminine energy as she rises, you know, we've still got to really heal some of this masculine energy that's been really, unfortunately, over dominant within this planet for a very, very long time. So it's really bringing back the balance of these energies. And like you said, Jay, able to really work with these emotions and embrace these beautiful emotions. You know, they really do. And I've said this on a, another show before. They really do color the richness of our life. They are beautiful. Whether they're good, they're bad, they're emotions. And what I was teaching with the kids, when we get these emotions moving, that's when you become the creator in this space. But you only balance this divine feminine energy and this sacred masculine energy through behavior and actions. You've got to make the body believe it, brothers and sisters. Otherwise, we can really dwell in the emotions. And on the other end of the spectrum, they can become clouding to our judgment and the decisions we make in our lives. Mm. Let me ask you guys this then. As adults, what is our responsibility when it comes to labeling ourselves and or labeling others? specifically from, let's call it the mental health arena. So for example, how many times do we hear people calling other people narcissists? How many times do we hear our friends, our family referring to themselves as empaths? Aren't those labels? 
and, and who who are we to label someone else as a narcissist or any other type of mental health disorder? Like, again, I, I'm, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole right now, but this is part of tonight's discussion. I think it's important. Yeah. As adults, why do we feel the need today to label other adults, including ourselves, describing who we are as an impact mm-hmm. or as any other mental health disorder that has a medical code around it? I think as, as Josh said earlier, I think actually Josh, I, Josh said it earlier, our brain needs to put it, put something in a very nice tidy box. So how did it, it's like, it, it's, it's got to put something in a box. So we are familiar with it or it it's comfortable for us or something like that. Or, our, our, our brain needs to do that. Our ego needs to do that. Um, to put something, to label something so it's familiar to us. Uh, you, I, you can take it from there. It doesn't, I mean, I think that's- it doesn't do well with random facts. Like if I throw out eight different random numbers, the brain doesn't do very well with that. If I weave them into a story, then they get sticky. And it's, uh, I don't know if that was from, you know, hundreds of years or thousands of years without written language or whatever, than us sharing stories. Stories are really, really sticky. And that's when they get dangerous, when we create them about ourselves and or about other people, like exactly what we're talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. But uh I mean, Ev, in the production meeting, you said it really beautifully, too, when we were talking about this. I can't remember exactly what. Yeah, uh, I, I think for a lot of people, what you're going into there, Jay, it, it gives them a sense of validation for who mm. they are. Mm. You know, when they're able to uh, label other people, places and things, it really gives them a sense of, I think you, you said in the show notes, prestige of being able to validate their own life. And really, it's projecting something on that they're feeling that they may be void of within their own life. Yeah. So again, it's mm-hmm. this mirror going back and forth. Yeah, I mean, if it's on that level, um, somebody just, like Jay, Jay told the story in, in our production meeting about someone who he was conversing with and then kept on saying, I'm an empath, I'm an empath, I'm an empath. And you go, okay, um, why are you calling yourself that or labeling yourself that? Is it because you feel that you're uh, different from others? Do you feel that you are better than others? This distinguishes yourself from others? Why is it that you label yourself something? Um, I brought up, why do you have to, you know, uh, you know, instead of saying, hey, I'm Jeff Fasano. Uh, no, I'm Dr. Jeff Fasano. <laughs> and you, you, you label yourself that. Like, why do, do, why do we do that? It's a great question. And, it's, and, and, 
And it could be about validating yourself, you know, mm. um, you know, stuff like that. And, and that's where it could go. Labels can go there for validation. There you go. Mm. So Katrina May coming in from Canada, she says, where self-love resides, judgment cannot exist. Mm. Let's just take a nice deep breath and let that drop in. We're coming up on 15 minutes to the hour. And so we're going to jump into our last segment of tonight's episode. And I want to thank our viewers that joined us this evening, coming in from LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. Whether you catch us live or in replay, you're right on time. We appreciate your support in our program. Tonight's uh, final segment, I want to propose this question to, to you. Um, Hit us. Okay, Josh, this is your question then. No, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I taunted him and he threw it back at me. What do we got? The question is, um, what, would, what would you look like if you didn't have a title or label attached to who you are? What would I, uh, it broke up right then at the what would, pivotal what second. What would you look like if you didn't have a title or label attached to who you are, Josh Richard? Who would you be? Hmm. It's the best part. I don't know. Um, they were, labels were really important to me coming up because, uh, especially in my 30s, um, because I had that very common and very familiar, I'm not enough belief and story kicking around up there. And so, uh, so yeah, uh, I worked really hard to work my way up in TV and get those titles and get those accolades and get those big shows under my belt so that I could be enough. And um, when they happened, it still wasn't enough. And I had to find that within myself. And what's been really fun here in the last maybe couple of years, um, and more recently, even within the last six months, I'm having a lot of fun with letting those titles go. Um, and just saying, you know what? I still don't know who I am. And I'm still discovering. And I'm still... Uh, venturing out into the world, learning uh, about myself and what I like and don't like, things that bring me joy and things that even used to bring me joy that don't anymore and put those down. It's, um, it's a fun process now. Um, and so, yes, I've moved away from the need for labels. I mean, I'm, I'm even stepping into a new job and, uh, People ask what you're doing, and I just tell them kind of what my day looks like. I don't, I don't need a title, and I don't even really feel like I want to put one on myself either. So uh, I, I want to share doing... this, Josh. I want to share this with you, if I may, real quick. I, yeah, I, yeah. What do you got, Carrie? Carrie Query coming in from uh, Arizona. She says, "All things Josh uh, Richard is. Josh, you are smart. You are fun. You are creative." 
you are kind, and on and on. That's who you are. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie. Love you all. I really do. Um, thanks for seeing me, all of you, because this space we share is special. We show up without labels, without a need, without attachments. We show up here with love and we show up as us. And that's amazing. Beautiful. Every single week, just us. And that's enough. Mm. So, love you guys. Love mm. you. Thank you, Carrie. You're really sweet. Love you too. <laughs> All right. Who's got a question for Jeff Asano tonight? Mm. Regarding labels. What do you label yourself, Jeff, today? Simple. Oh, I don't. You don't. You're not no. a world. You're not a world famous photographer. I don't think <laughs> so, but you know, that's what I do. I. But, oh, is, but, is, but, is, but is it who you are? Who I am is what Carrie Crary said. Josh is, and more. Dot dot dot. Okay, Jeff, I don't hear you are. Smart, <laughs> <laughs> creative, kind, on and on. Yeah, uh, that's that's who I am. Um, uh, I brought this up in the production meeting. Well, um, I was out last Saturday night, and somebody introduced me to somebody and said, and brought that up, Ev, and said, mm -hmm. said, oh, this is. Jeff Fasano, he's a fantastic photographer. And I smile when people say that because that's what I do. It's not who I am. And I know that it, I always smile when people do that because I think it's very sweet, it's kind, but I don't go into that. It's about meeting someone and being who I am within that. And a, and a connection. There was a point in my life that I identified myself as a photographer because I was lost until mm. I found myself and found that photography is what I do and how I express mm. who I am. Mm. But it's not who mm. I am. It's what I do. It's my talent, gift, and ability that allows me to express who I am. And you can see that in my images. But, you know, maybe I still stick with I'm still the fat guy, you know? It's like that that kind of pops up from now and again. But but I don't label myself. It's it's part of the reason why we we're looking at this subject and what we talk about. It's like I'm I'm not into labels. I never was. I'm not into titles either. Titles like title you know what, what is that that's another form of a label what's my title um because it puts us in a box and then quite possibly we use those labels and titles as validation of of of, of how another person you know how we're viewed or even separates from ourselves from from someone else and puts us on 
thinking that we're on a higher plane or a higher go. level than someone else. There you go. Um, that's what labels can do. That's what la where labels can go. That's what titles can do and where titles can go. So yeah, I want to I piggyback right here, Jeff, real quick. Mary Kelly says, when, we're looking, when we are looking for answers, or I'll paraphrase, labels outside of us, we may be disappointed when we get there. When we look inside, we have all the answers we need. We are more than enough. We are beautiful beings. Yeah. And I think that's, I think this is a very, very powerful statement shared because we are so much of the time seeking more validation. How many of us, we've talked about this in prior episodes, are habitual students, continue to get more certifications more master classes, more workshops, more titles under our belt. And what is that really about? Now, I'm not asking that question from a perspective of judgment. I'm asking that question for you to be asking yourself, why do, why do, why do you need to continuously add more initials at the end of your last name? What is it that you're seeking that you don't have enough of within here? that you need to get validated outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a beautiful question to propose to you, mm. to ourselves, to each of us. You know, Jay, one, one thing um, it, that before you take me out of solo, cause I've been in solo for a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, go on. There you I go. just want to say this. Is it really quick is that we do live in a world of labels right now. Everybody sees our names and those are labels and we, we it's, but it's how we um, look at those labels, how we interpret those labels and how we feel about those labels. We are, we do live in a world of labels, but it's the emphasis we put on them, the meaning that we put on them or how we don't emphasize and how we take away the meaning of it because then it's looking beyond the label and they're looking to somebody else's heart to see who they are. Beautiful. Love that. Quick shout out to Nick Marshall joining us from Chicago, Illinois area. Uh, first time joining us on Real Men Real Talk Live. If you are new to the show also, let us know tonight that you're new to the program and we, we hope you enjoyed. We hope you heard something that resonates with you tonight and that you carry into your upcoming weekend as we approach the new year. Also, for those of you that may right now be in the throes of an illness, um, in the throes of mourning or grieving the loss of someone that you that may have transitioned in your life, my, my deepest uh, condolences to Sherry Olson, who recently lost her sister, and, um, and also most uh, recently her uncle transitioned our our uh, total total love to you and condolences to you and your loved ones as you are navigating through this challenging moment. We, we care deeply about you, Sherry Olson. We are here for you. And anytime you feel lost or unsure, you know how to reach out to us. And so uh, Ev, I want to bring it back to you, Ev. I'm going to give you uh, two minutes. Who's got a question for Evis? And if you don't have a question for Evis, then... If you could just share some a quick uh, wrap up about labels and how we can 
do a, let's say, a healthier job of, of releasing labels from our vocabulary and from our life to mm -hmm. help improve our life. Anyone have a question for Ev? I like, I like that. Yeah, Ev does such an amazing job of closing out the the night. Right. I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear what's in there, brother. Bring it. Oh, uh, look at. Let's see what we can do in the. Yeah, since Ev, Ev wasn't in the production meeting, I think Ev, we should give this time to Ev right here. Mm, but 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 I, I've really got a good feeling for what we've been talking about tonight. And looking at our beautiful brothers and sisters out there, it's really hit home with a lot of people. And um, you know, I know for my life my personal journey uh, from the younger ages, like we've really talked about here tonight, where we live under the pressure of some of these labels uh, to really perform to certain levels that can be extreme at times. I know I was, I was shaped as the whiz kid in sport. I was groomed and I was pressurized into being at a really, really high elite level. Now, there was a time within my life a little bit later on in the early 20s where I actually got injured and it really made it hard to, you know, really be able to compete at that particular level that I was pressurised into being that so-called whiz kid. I went through a little bit of depression, brothers, sisters. Mm -hmm. I went through a little bit of guilt. I, I went through those hard emotions because I couldn't fit that particular label that I was boxed in and groomed into as a kid. Now, on the journey... As I came back home to myself, as we always talk about here on Real Men, Real Talk Live, it took a lot, a lot of deep navigating into those emotions of who I was and to really, truly find that alignment with my heart space. You know, I had to truly show compassion for myself, my brothers and sisters. I had to come home and have so much self-acceptance that I knew that I was just enough for who I was. I didn't have to be an elite sportsman at this level. I didn't have to go out there and do that and prove that to anyone, but only be enough for me in the moment. My journey coming home, my brothers and sisters, has really shaped me to actually accept I'm no one. I'm no thing. I'm no body. And when we can accept that, that we are just this space in this present moment, in the presence, the true gift, that's when we become something. That's when we become someone. And that's when we become somebody. Because brothers and sisters, we are all one. We are all consciousness experiencing itself for each other's eyes. So on that note, my brothers and sisters, I want to keep it short there because it's been a beautiful show tonight. But uh, on my little bit of a journey on that labeling and on that sense of entitlement, I guess for all of us, it's really hit home tonight. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful closeout. Evis Loveith, bringing it home. One more show. Mm. So uh, as we uh, put a pretty bow in a show and call it a wrap, anyone got a quick question for me? I got less than a minute. <laughs> Thanks, see you, boy. No, Jay, I want to know. How'd you break down the walls the first time? Because as we're learning, that's always the hardest. 
And I know this is not a minute long question, <laughs> but when you yeah. realize the, the box you were in. Yep. Yeah, you got it. You nailed it. You, you set me up beautifully. Thank you. Well, we're going to go over a little bit here, uh, but I think this is a really important question for me to answer. And um, for me, it was when I gave myself permission to feel as an adult man, when I gave myself permission to feel my feelings and then reveal my feelings so that I can heal. And for me, there was a lot of tears that, that came with that. And at first those were tears of sadness. And eventually, they became tears of gratitude. And most days, and even on the show, when I do get emotional, it's behind that, deep within my heart space, my soul are tears, honoring that part of myself. That was hiding for decades, that part of myself that I absolutely love today. That little boy inside JJ. Mm. I got chills right now because you see, I didn't even know how to have chills in my life. I didn't know how to allow them to come up so I could be whole, as Ev said, come home. And that's what this journey is about for men and women. It's about coming home to your truth, to the essence of who you were born to be. I love you guys. You are absolutely my brothers. Mm. You always thank you for joining us this evening on another amazing, beautiful episode of Real Men, Real Talk Live. I invite you to drop the label that you have boxed yourself into. Release that. Let it go. You are more than enough. Come home, come home to you. Love and light, peace and blessings. <laughs>